uh, through those who helped today. Um, and I hope that it was a blessing for you. I know it was to me. Um, and and uh, so I, I, I will throw you a curveball today if you've been coming. Um, we I think we've done about 24 weeks of Ephesians. Am I right? I think we're we're done about 24, about a half a year in Ephesians. We're still in it. Uh, but I felt led this week to stray from Ephesians and, and to do an Easter service. Um, and so I just uh, really felt like that's where God was leading me. And so, um, it, you know, it's a little bit different than normal, okay? Uh, I'm going to do an acronym today, a little different, but, but I still want to use the, the Word of God a lot. Y'all know I, I really prefer that. So there's going to be a lot of Scripture today, okay? Uh, and so stay with me, um, and, and I hope that you'll, uh, you'll be blessed for it. As, as we look at uh, what this day represents to begin with. Amen? All right, so thank you all for being here. So um, Alexandria Ocasio, Ocasio-Cortez um, is an American politician, and um, she, she served in New York. I, I'm not real sure if she still is or not at this time, but um, she has had kind of a history of, of making fun of Christianity. Um, and and uh, recently she called Christianity superstitious nonsense. Um, at one point, she made light of, of former uh, President Trump's desire to begin getting our society back to normal around Easter because of its importance and significance to the Christian church and to the world as a whole. And she said the following. She said, uh, after all, what is so special about Easter? Well, let me tell you what's so special about Easter today. All right. See, um, AOC, as she's known sometimes, has different emotions or reactions uh, to Easter than most of us in here do. Amen. Um, and what, what I'm going to do today is I want to kind of show you some different words all right, that will go with uh, different people's reactions or emotions or just realities that took place on that on that morning that Jesus Christ arose. Okay. And so that's what we're looking at today. And we're going to be bouncing around. The scripture is going to be behind you. Um, Sally is going to, I'm sure, going to do a great job. And I'll try not to go too fast uh, here and there. Um, but it, I'm going to, what I'm looking at today is we're going to look at the word alive. Amen. Because Jesus ain't dead anymore. Amen. All right. He's alive. And so I'm going to look at that word. All right. And it's an acronym. Okay. So we're going to take a, the, the letter A, and I'm going to give you two words that go with that. All right, the, the letter L, two words, all the way to, uh, to, to the rest there. See, now, see, you'll know where I'm headed, and you'll be like, hmm, okay, I about know when he's gonna, where he's going to land the plane, okay? All right, because uh, uh, we've we got to go to a live. So if you're like, man, you get to L, like, man, this guy's got to stop. You know, I gotta, I'm going to go to E. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, t- saying, all right, maybe it won't be too long today uh, for you, but we normally do pretty good on that, I think. But, uh, but that's what we're looking at today. And the central statement is, 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 is so... Simple. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. I, I, could, I could, in reality, if, we, if, if that really meant to us what it should mean, I can could, I could drop the mic, so to speak, and walk out. Amen? All right? And so, hallelujah, Jesus is alive. So if you want to like clap or you want to say, Whoa, you know, every, every time we get that central statement, you can. Y'all want to try it? Hallelujah, Jesus is alive. Okay, okay, there you go. All right, all right. we want to see how if it gets better as we go through today. So audience participation today here. All right, so I want to start our, my first uh, scripture here. We've already read it this morning. I'm going to read it again. And you're going, to see, you're going to see some repeated scripture today, and that's okay. All right, and sometimes we'll read the whole thing, and sometimes I'll leave it up, and I might just kind of refer to it, uh, you know, for the sake of time, as however God leads here. All right, so Matthew 28, again, verses 1 through 6. I do want to read this again. So after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, 
Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. Verse 4, the guards were so shaken by fear, so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the women, don't be afraid because I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. So based on the ones I stressed today, you want to guess what the, what the word is for A? It's afraid, afraid. See, verse 4 says the guards were, were so shaken by fear. They were shaking in their boots, so to speak. And then the angel tells the woman in verse, the women in verse 5 to not be afraid. Okay, so look at the, the idea of fear, afraid if you're taking notes today. According to therealbuzz.com, the following 10 fears are 10 of the most bizarre phobias that apparently exist today. And I can't believe they actually exist. All right, so I'm going to read you, I'm gonna read you a few, all 10 of these. Number one, optophobia. Optophobia. Fear of opening one's eyes. Sometimes just don't want to get up in the morning, so I, you know, oh no, so like, okay, especially in the new job I have, <laughs> amen, bless me. All right, number two, uh, chlorophobia is the fear of dancing, the fear of dancing, okay, anybody think they might have that at all? Right. Yeah, I, I, I like I like dancing, that's definitely not me. Number three, uh, gileophobia, fear of laughter. Fear of laughing, really. All right, okay. All right, um, I'm going to do my best I can on this pronunciation. Um, Arachabateriophobia. Arachabateriophobia. The fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth or the fear of being choked by peanut butter. Anybody think they might have that at all? All right, it's like so... Okay. Um, Heliophobia, number five, fear of sunlight. Right. What I mean, I, I, I'm sad for that person. All right. Um, number six, um, deipnophobia, the fear of dinner conversations. You might think I might really know what to say. All right. Amen. I got amen. Uh, like this only amen in two years. Um, uh, number seven. I'm just playing with you. Number seven, neophobia, the fear of new things. Yeah. Um, number eight, sin syngenoso- Hold up. Syngenosophobia, fear of relatives. <laughs> Sorry, Miss Jan. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, amen. Somebody said amen. Um, Ablutophobia, fear of washing and bathing. All right. Uh, I have a nephew that uh, had, I had that one time. Not not this nephew, right? But another nephew, right? We will say we'll go unnamed. Who would take like one shower a week and had to be begged to do that? Um, uh, geniophobia, uh, fear of chins. Anyway, all right. See, and there's actually another one. Okay, okay, Patrick. All right, there's actually another one I want to kind of land on here, and it's apiraphobia. Apiraphobia, the fear of eternity. The fear of eternity. See, old people really don't know how awesome eternity is going to be for those of us who are saved. We can only imagine. Amen. We can only imagine. Um, and what's more, it seems that that fear has kept people from making, from making and taking that next step, that step to salvation. You know, like that, there's fear involved, and, and common fears. I know you've heard preached before, or maybe you've even experienced. And man, man, if I give my life to Christ, is he going to, if is he going to send me to a foreign country? You know, uh, um, it, you know, man, what might happen if I get give my life to Christ? That means I can't do anything fun anymore. All right, um, do I have to live like a monk for the rest of my life? You know, um, you know, fear grips the grips the hearts of people. All right, and and 
whatever it may be. And they said, you know what? No. Uh, and I was the same way. I was just, I was afraid. You know, if I'm gonna give my, I didn't want to give up control of my life. You know, to 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 Jesus. See, fear gripped the hearts of the guard. They didn't know what to do. Right? They're shaking in their boots. So they reported back to the chief priests, and then they did as they were told. We're gonna look at that and soon. And see, there's actually a different type of fear that's a healthy fear. Amen? The fear of God. All right? The fear of God. And I want to just touch on that. Uh, and, and, this is, and we're going to look at this a little bit later. It describes some of the women at the tomb as well. When it says that they were afraid, there's actually a different type of fear there that we'll look at uh, later on. But I do want to bring up to you uh, two verses that go with the fear of God. Proverbs 1.7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord. And Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 says, When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God and keep His commands because this is for all humanity. It's for everybody. All right? Fear God keep His commands. Amen? And so we have, if you take, again, taking notes, A, we have the, the first word we have is afraid. All right? Uh, and, and sorry, where's, you know, Miss Donna might not be the same uh, part of speech today, so forgive me there. All right? It may not be all adjectives or, you know, going to bounce around here to try to make it work. But the next, the, the other A I want to look at, the more positive word, um, as far as we're concerned, is the word assurance. Assurance. Amen? Do you know down deep in your knower? Right. Let's look at a couple of verses about the um, resurrection story that describes some people who were assured. Look in Matthew 28, 5-6. says, The angel told the women, Don't be afraid because I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for He has risen, just as He said. Come and see where the uh, place where He lay. Right. Matter of fact. All right. And then Mark 16, verse 6. Don't be alarmed. He told them again, the angel, You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they put Him. He's risen. Right? Verse 5 in Luke chapter 24, verses 5 through 8. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the crown. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Asked the men. He is not here, for he has risen, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, It is necessary that the Son of Man be portrayed into the hands of simple men, be crucified, and rise on the third day. Right? And remember that. We're going to talk about that later as well. And they remembered his words. See, the angels knew that Jesus had risen. It was like matter of fact. Wait, what? What's wrong with you? Hey, Jesus is not here. He's alive. I, why are you looking for, you know, why are you looking for, hey, I'm telling you, he, he's not here. All right? He did just as he said he was going to do. It's very matter of fact. They were sure of it. They were certain of it. Amen? Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 11 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The assurance of things hoped for. Right? That's what faith is. We, we weren't there when, when it literally happened that morning, but we believe it. Amen? That's faith. Faith, the assurance of things hoped for. We know, we, we're certain that it happened. We believe it. All right? We know because of, uh, because of the truth, because of God's Word, and we know what He's done in our lives. And that's where, again, where faith comes in. Do you know it? Do you believe it? Because it did happen. So here we go. Y'all ready? Here's a central statement. Y'all got to help me out. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Woo! All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. So and I'm going to add something to, to each one now. What is your response? Are you afraid to trust Christ? Or are you assured that He, that he died on the cross and He rose from the grave? Right? And you, you place your trust in Him. All right, so the next, the next letter, all right, in, in, uh, in Alive is L. Okay, so just let you know. All right, so stay awake back there. All right, some of y'all. Where's my, my nephew over here? Okay, all right. Uh, all right, he said he was coming. Okay, I'm going to keep my eye on you. All right, um, 
lies. All right, lies. Oh, man, why are we talking about lies, Brother Patrick? We're going to talk about lies again here soon, by the way, in Ephesians. All right, we're going to, have a, we're going to talk a lot about it, okay, soon. But let's look in Matthew 28, verses 11 to 15, okay? So remember the guards. They're afraid. All right, now let's look at what happens. As they're on their way, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. Hey, man, that Jesus' body, it's not there. What do we do? What do we do? After the priests had assembled with the elders and agreed on a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money. Well, that, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? And told them, say this. His disciples came during the night and stole him while we were sleeping. If this reaches the governor's ears, we will deal with him and keep you out of trouble. They took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been spread among Jewish people to this day. How sad. They spread lies. See, the chief priests heard what the guards said and they bribed them to go along with their story that the disciples came during the night and stole the body of Jesus. And that's still a story that gets passed along around today. You know it didn't really happen. The disciples come in and, and took, uh, took his body is what they say. See, that's what people do whenever they don't want to believe the truth, is it not? It, they lie about it. They make up something. According to some estimates, there are roughly 4,200 religions in the world. It, and again, as we mentioned before, and uh, you know, it, every every other religion is man's attempt to climb up the mountain to God. Christianity is not. Christianity is different. Right? Jesus came down the mountain to us. Amen. That's the difference. That's the difference in in, in a nutshell. There. See, I, I, April Fool's Day can be kind of fun or not so fun for people, can it not? Like Twitter, man, athletes were having a fun time on Twitter. I don't know if y'all follow any of them. They were like saying, I'm going to go to, I've been traded to this, to this team or that team. They were saying all sorts of stuff, right? Just having a good old time, you know, and, you know, lying like crazy, you know, and people were believing it, you know. Um, but people really do believe lies. What lies about Christ do you believe? See, that maybe you believe the lie that he can't really save someone like you. Don't be so self-righteous. You are not beyond the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? You are not beyond it. Don't be self-righteous. Because that's kind of what it is. Oh, you know, I'm really so bad. God can never save me. Yes, He can. Yes, He can. Just accept the finished work on the cross that Jesus did for you. It's a matter of believing that what He did on the cross counts for you. Amen? And what's more here is that they took it further. It's it's sad that they are that there was a lie already, and that they kind of they took that lie, but then they took the money and spread it around, right? They took the money, they accepted the bribe, and they spread the lies. Maybe, maybe we we want to believe, but something's keeping you from making that decision. Oh, I pray that you'll make it today. Stop believing the lies. It could be like this, and this is the verse that, go, that, I, that I thought of that goes with this aspect. Is John chapter 12, verses 42 through 43. It says, Nevertheless, many did believe in Him. This is, when, this is before all this happened, all the, uh, the cross happened, and Jesus was on earth. He says, Many did believe in Him, even among the rulers, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess Him, so that they would not be banned from the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Let me, let me read that last verse again. 
They loved human praise more than praise from God. Maybe, maybe that's you. I don't know. How many of us had done that? We wanted the praise of man instead of from God. Or, or maybe we believe the lie of the American dream. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. I love America. Uh, my shirt I'm wearing today to, you know, when we leave this afternoon, there's an American flag. Right? Got it ready to rock and roll. Right? But we work. We believe the lie that we, we work and we work and we work and we don't spend much time with our family and our kids because we're working trying to make it a better life for all of us and make more money and spend most of our time away from the family. For what? You might say it's for your kids and all, but the reality is that um, it's just an excuse. And, I, and, and again, hear me now. I, I love America, but that's led a lot of people away from the cross of Jesus Christ. Because we pursued a dream Right? When Jesus is like, what about me? Tell them about me. Tell your family about me. Right? Lead them in that direction. He's going to take care of them. Amen? Second L is live. Live. And what I mean by that is, is actually live it out. Put it to action. I love this part. Look at what, the, what happens here in the different, uh, different verses that I'm going to share with you. Uh, Matthew 28, 7-8. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead, and indeed He is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see Him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. They did it, right? They did what they are supposed to do. They did what it was told them to do. Mark 16, verse 10 says, She went and reported to those who had been with Him as they were mourning and weeping. Luke 24, 9 and 10. I'm going to go through every, every gospel account in this one. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to 11 and to all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them were telling the apostles these things. Listen, this is what happened. This is what I saw. And then John 20, verse 18. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them what he had said to her. See, these women did as they were told. They lived it out. They put feet to their faith. And they went and told somebody about Jesus. What's the old saying, you know, uh, spreading the gospel is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Amen? Right? It's you telling. This is what happened to me. I don't know what you believe in, all right? But all I know is I was once lost, but now I'm found. Telling your story about Jesus Christ. All right? Tell somebody today. This is what we should all aspire to, de- aspire to do. James 2, verse 17 says, In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. We are the works. Tell somebody about Jesus today. Do you really believe it? Amen? I hope so. So here we go. You ready? Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Woo! All right, there you go. All right. What is your response? Do you believe in lies or do you live for Christ? Third letter is I. And this is a good one. Miss Donna, you're gonna like this one. You're gonna be you're gonna be proud of me today. I refer to Miss Donna because she's a great English teacher in, in Lounge. Um, I think they teach higher English there than they do in Hamilton. I don't know. I was I was to, I totally just messed the Hamilton up. I was an English teacher, so don't feel hey, that's what I say, man. You you had me as a teacher, man. All right. I'll feel bad now. All right, no. All right. I'm just I was obviously just playing. I was picking on myself. The word is impugn. I M P U. G-N. The word impugn is defined as to dispute the truth, dispute the validity or honesty of something. In other words, to doubt. To doubt. Oh, Brother Pastor, you don't have to do this one. You can skip this one, man. I know you can talk about, talking about doubting Thomas, right? 
Or you can skip this one. Let's go ahead, man. You, we got to go eat. All right? Right? He's not the only one. Man, we give Doubting Thomas a bad rap sometimes. He is not the only one. Okay? Mark chapter 16, verses 10 to 14. Check this out. She went and reported to those who had been with him as they were mourning and weeping. Yet when they heard that he was alive and had, and had been seen by her, what? They did not believe it. They did not believe it. These are disciples, okay? These are other disciples, not just Thomas. After this, he appeared in a different form, the two of them walking on their way into the country, and they went and reported to the rest who did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who saw him after he had risen. Oh, he's not the only one. Oh, y'all, 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 I got some more. I have some more, okay? Luke chapter 24, verses 10 and 11. I told you there's a lot of scripture here right, uh, today because I believe, again, I, I continue to believe that it preaches a whole lot better than I can. Don't say amen. All right. Luke chapter 24, verses 10 and 11. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them were telling the apostles these things. Look at verse 11. But these words seemed like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the women. Luke chapter 24, verses 35 through 39. Then they began to describe what happened on the road. I'm going to talk more about this. as road to Emmaus. We'll talk about that in a minute. And how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. And all of this, let me skip down to verse 38. Why are you troubled, he asked him, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. That is, it, I myself. Touch me and see, because the ghost does not have flesh and bones as you, can, as you see I have. And then John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. We may just stop at 25. It says, But Thomas called twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, If I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I'll never believe. Doubt in Thomas. But I want, I want to keep reading on that one because I love how Jesus meets him right where he was. Amen. A week later, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, which is pretty awesome, by the way, those who like Marvel's movies or anything like that. Okay, all right. And said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Jesus knew knew Thomas said that. Jesus came right to him. He says, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hands and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Well, I can probably stop right there. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. He's referring to us. Right? Oh, wait, Brother Patrick, you're saying that Thomas wasn't the only one who doubted? Yes, I am. What's keeping you from believing? Order the doubts that you have. Give them to Jesus. Cast your anxiety, cast your cares, cast your doubt, doubts on Him. Maybe we need to be like to like the possessed boy's father in, in Mark. I'm not going to you know, read the whole scripture there, but it's, it's one of my favorite stories in the Gospels. Maybe. And, and he was, you know, Jesus was like, I'm going to heal him. I'm going to take care of him. In Mark chapter 9, verse 24, immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. See, it's, that's going to be us. All right, or you know, help, Lord, I believe you, but help my unbelief. Help me when I don't believe. I need your help. Even then, God's going to help you. Amen. All right. So you have impunity, and we have inevitability. Inevitability, and I'm going to um, 
go here to, and by the way, what does that word mean? The word is defined as the fact of being certain to happen and unable to be avoided or prevented. We saw back earlier where, where Jesus told me, you know, where the angel was like, hey, I told, he said, Jesus told you it was going to happen. We told you it was going to happen. And then the walk to Emmaus, y'all remember that? Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 27. And I'm going to read some of them. I'm going to skip a little bit, Sally, so if you stay with me. It says, Now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing and arguing, we're going to look at that again soon, by the way, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them. But they are prevented from recognizing him. Then he asked him, What is this dispute you're having with each other as you are walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. And the one named Cleopas, sorry, I can't pronounce that, uh, answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happen there in these days? How do you not know? What things, he asked him. So they said to him, I'm going to go ahead and read this. I think it's powerful. The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. In addition, moreover, some women from our group, our group astounded us today. They arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. He, Jesus, said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter his glory? Verse 27, Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. It's inevitable. He said it. It's in the book. You've got to read it. Read it from start to finish. Amen for the P.J.? All the way. See, it was, it was prophesied in the Old Testament, and Jesus told his disciples as well. Look at Matthew 16, verse 21. From then on, Jesus began to point out to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed, and be raised the third day. He was telling them this. It was like it was almost like there was just like this cloud of like, like, you know, he Jesus told you that. Like, and, and it's easy for us to look at those people and like, hey, why don't you get that? You know, well, he told you. But for whatever reason, they, they, they couldn't believe it. Mark 8, verse 31. Then he began to teach them that it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed, and rise after three days. Again, he told them. It was inevitable. He told them it was going to happen. It was bound to happen because God said it would. Y'all ready? Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Woo! Amen. We're going to praise this morning. Do you impugn this idea of Christ coming back from the dead or do you trust in the inevitability of God's Word? Amen? Vexation is the next word. It's a good word. Vexation. All right? And, and that word is defined simply as a state of being annoyed, frustrated, or worried. Look at Mary Magdalene in John chapter 20, verses 11 through 16. She, she's out of sorts. She's like, what happened to Jesus? Somebody take the body? Did you? Who took it? Where's his body? She's like, she's kind of freaking out here, okay? But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting there where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they put them. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? 
supposing that he was a gardener. She replies, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell him where you put him, and I will take him away. I just want to find his body. I want to take care of it. Jesus said to her, Mary, turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. See, Mary Magdalene was, was, was worried. She was, she was confused. She, she was vexed. She, she didn't know what's going on. Is that you this morning? Are, are, are you confused? Because see, Satan is a father of lies. He is a father of lies. He's the author of confusion. He loves to do that. He loves to confuse you. I want it to be clear today, and it's not up on the screen, Sally, but John 14, verse 6 says, I am, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In John chapter 8, verse 32, it says, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is Jesus Christ as a man. Died on the cross. Rose from the grave. Amen? Believe it today. Don't be confused. Don't be vexed. Don't be confused. And then the other V word is verify. I like this, and, and this is kind of uh, fun, because in John chapter 20, see, John's the author of the book, and he likes to, he likes to kind of brag a little bit, you know, that he ran a little faster than Paul. I mean, than, than, than Peter did, sorry. Look at this. I thought, I thought it was kind of cute. Uh, but John chapter 20, verse 1 through 9 says, On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. She went running to Simon Peter and to, and to the other disciple, which is John, by the way, okay? The one Jesus loved. He wanted to make sure you all knew that. Right? And he said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. At that, Peter and the other disciple, John, went out running, heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter. I love that. And got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw this linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first, just in case you missed it the first time, he said it again, uh, then also went in, saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. They wanted to, wait a minute, they wanted to see it for themselves. That's my point on this one. And even in, even with doubting Thomas, and you can see that I'm not going to read it again, but even doubting Thomas, you know, yes, he has some doubt, but he also he wanted to, he wanted to see for himself. Right? See, Paul and John ran to the tomb because they wanted to verify for themselves that Jesus' body was not there. They wanted to feel it for himself. Thomas did. See, Psalm 34 verse 8 says, "Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is a person who takes refuge in Him." Uh, just uh, I don't know, maybe two months ago. I don't think I think it was the time right before we went with Mr. Steve and Miss Donna to to Austin's. Which again, y'all know I love Austin's and, and love out Austin. All right, very good steakhouse. But anyway, uh, and we've never gotten dessert there. We went there and I looked over on this side and I was like, man, what did they have? It was this this dessert, this dirt dessert that was on fire. I was like, man, that look, what is that? That looks interesting. And so I, I asked our the waitress came by and I said, hey, ma'am, um. What is that over there? What are they having? They said, well, it's an apple pie. It's a flaming apple pie. And I said, I want that. <laughs> Give me some of that. Right? See, it looked good. But when I tasted it, it was, whole, it was real good when I tasted it. I want to taste it for myself. See, in all seriousness there, we all need to come to a point where we realize our parents' faith is not going to get us anywhere. Too many times, I think, in the church, and especially in the South, we think, you know, that's okay, you know. My mom, my dad, they go, you know, and yeah, it's okay. I'll be all right because they're so faithful. No, we're all going to stand in front of God right, to answer to Him. 
Taste and see it for yourself. Verify for yourself that Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Amen. All right. Are you vexed? Are you vexed and confused? Or have you verified for yourself that God is good? I only have an hour left. Here I go. Just playing. All right. Back, back, row, back row Baptist. Don't leave yet. All right. Just playing. They're like, I'm going to leave now. All right. Okay. Last one. There is one more letter in the in that in the word alive, and that's E. Examine. First one, examine. And I don't mean this. I, I kind of mean this in a way. I think it's good that, that that we know what we know, and I think it's good apologetics and, and knowing you know that that that, what, that this is true. Of course, you have to have faith. Amen. Um, and, and that's where I'm, where I'm getting at today. Um, just the other day, like um, I, I did something. Like I, I try not to get on message boards and all. I try not to say hardly anything on Facebook. But I, I decided I would uh, with my friend. My friend's in the Gator fan page on Facebook, and I said I said no, and I said never posted something, you know. Uh, and, and they were talking about the basketball coach, you know. And I said something, you know, like, well, could it be that it could be more than just the coach? Could it be, you know, and the play, you know? And man, I just got blasted, you know. And I was like, I should have never, I no, I should have never said a word, you know. All right, I should just kept my mouth shut. Amen, amen. It's like right now, Patrick. Amen. All right. Um, See, I, I, and what I mean by that is that argument and that discussion. You know, it, you know, it, it's it's not. By the way, it's not good to do that. Something sometimes the best thing. Sometimes the best thing we can do as Christians is shut our mouths, and 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 stop our hands, our fingers from doing this. Okay, all right. Just don't say anything. All right, at all. All right. That was for me, by the way. All right. So looking in Luke chapter twenty-four, verses thirteen through eighteen. I'm not again. I'm not going to read to you all again. I just want to go to verse fifteen. Okay. So these guys walking, you know, to Emmaus, um, and then Jesus is standing in their midst, right? They don't realize it's Jesus. But look in verse 15, and while they were discussing and arguing, they're talking about it. Man, they just go, well, I mean, he said he was going to rise on the third. He, he was, but remember he said, you know, and so they're just discussing. They were just discussing and arguing, and Jesus was right there. That's my point. Jesus was right there. Stop hearing things about Christ. And start, stop talking about Christ and accept what He's done in your life. Just accept that what He did on the cross counted for you. Right? A lot of people talk about it. They discuss it. And they just, they just I bet Brad's probably tired of it. He, he goes to a Christian school, by the way, and, and all the talking, right? When you have to go on message board, all the debating, right? You probably get tired of it. You know, like, oh, all this discussion. Like, believe it or not, okay? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the third day. Believe it or not. Okay. discussing and arguing is only going to get you so far. At some point, it's got to go from the head to the heart. I can't sometimes wrap my, 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 my mind around it all together, sometimes too, but I believe it. And I'm like, I'm like that, that's, uh, the father uh, of that son who said, help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. And then the last word today is ecstatic. I love it because it, that's what I wanted you all to be every time I said, you know, we did this interesting statement. Thank you for participating today. Look in Matthew 28, verse 8. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. Not just a little joy, great joy. They ran to tell his disciples the news. So I feel, oh, let me preach a little bit. By the time he said, I, that not just a little joy, great joy. I'm guilty of that sometimes. I'm going to say I'm the first to admit. I don't come to God's house with great joy sometimes. I know I should. Mark 16, verse 8, the first part says, They went out and ran from the tomb because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them. They were astonished, amazed. 
I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the crucified. Amen. The women were so excited. Whew, when's the last time until before today and I made you do it a little bit. When's the last time you got excited about the things of God? I, I, Sally, I said this story before. Sally thinks it's hilarious, but um, there was a big shot last night, by the way, too. I just have to say, if you watched basketball last night, man, that Gonzaga-UCLA game was unbelievable. All right, uh, but um, years ago, Chris Chioza played for University of Florida. They played Wisconsin. They blew a lead. Had to say that, right, Brad? They blew, and then at the end of the game, Sally's already in bed. Girls are in bed, and and – um, Chris Yoza goes from one end of the court to the other and shoots a running three-point shot, and he made it. I was going nuts. Okay, I was like, oh, you know, I'm running around. You know, I go to Sally, and I'm like, I'm trying. Her hands are inside, her arms are inside the the uh, the, the bed, you know, the, the bedspread, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, here, just give me a headbutt. You know, uh, <laughs> I tried to headbutt Sally because I was so excited. <laughs> oh man, oh funny. I mean, you know, and, and I can remember when the Red Sox won in 2004, you know, and, and, and I was so excited. I was like, "Woo!" and then I started crying. True story, not going to lie. Sally was like, Sally was like, are you crying? I'm like, you don't understand. You don't. All right. Okay, I admit it. All right, I admit, okay. Listen, a man named Jesus Christ was battered and bruised and beaten for your sin, for my sin. Died in my place, in your place. And didn't stay in the grave. Amen. He literally came back from the dead. And we hoop and holler whenever a guy in some shoulder pads and a helmet takes a ball and runs it over a line. I'm guilty. But when you put it in that perspective, hallelujah, Jesus is alive. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Praise Him. Thank you. Thank you. What is your response today as we wrap this up? Are you still examining this idea of Christ? Are you, are you considering it? Or are you happy and excited because you have a relationship with the living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's not dead anymore? What about you today? What's your response? Jesus wants to do the same thing to you that He did. Go from death to life. That's what we do with baptism, right? It's just a symbol. Died. You know, you died from that, pre that previous life and you're raising you. Amen? You ever heard of uh, Team Hoyt? Anybody familiar with, uh, with Dick and Rick Hoyt? Anybody? PJ is. Beautiful story. I'm not going to be able to tell you all this because y'all said I can only go to a one. I'm, that joke will never get old, okay? But seriously, Team Hoyt consists of a father-son squad, Dick and Rick. They race. They race a lot. As of 2008, they have raced on 60 and 64 marathons, 206 triathlons, six triathlons at Ironman distance, 204 10K runs, since 1975, they've crossed nearly a thousand finish lines. They've even crossed the USA in 45 days. Pretty amazing. But here's the here's the deal. Team Hoyt loves races, but only half of Team Hoyt can run. So here here's the interesting thing about that. Dick, the dad, can run, 
but Rick's legs, the son, don't work, nor does his speech. At his birth in 1962, the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck, causing brain damage. Rick's body didn't develop as it should have, but he was bright. In fact, he entered public school and even graduated from college. He couldn't bathe, couldn't dress or feed himself, but Rick wanted to run. At age 15, he asked his dad if they could enter a five-mile benefit race. Dick was not a runner, but he was a father, so he loaded his son in a three-wheeled wheelchair, and off they went. They didn't stop until here recently. Uh, Mr. Dick passed away a couple weeks ago. Young Rick Hoyt relied on his dad to do it all. Lift him, push him, pedal him, and tow him. See, other than the willing heart, he makes no contribution to this effort at all. Listen, Rick depends entirely on the strength of his dad. Entirely. God wants you to do the same. John 3.16 says, Whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. We bring to the spiritual race what Rick Hoyt brings to the physical one. No disrespect at all. Please, please understand that. Our spiritual legs have no strength. Our morality has no muscle. Our good deeds cannot carry us across the finish line. But Christ can. Amen? Stop trying Start trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I ask Sally to come up and, and Alex come up. I want to end with what we commonly call the Romans Road. I just want to end with this today. I just feel like it was appropriate today. Uh, we we all, always do try to have an altar call of some kind. All right? uh, but I wanted to go a little bit further today. I hope you don't mind. I, I Seriously, I'm not going to go to 11. I'm almost done. I mean, to 1. I'm almost done. Okay. Romans 3.23. All right, Sally, if you'll go to that. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And simply the comment on that is everybody, all, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says for the wages of that sin, what we get for that, just like when I go to work, I want to get paid. Amen. I want to get my, I want to get my money. Okay? The wages of that sin is death, which is an eternal separation from God. But the gift, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. And a gift is something we don't earn. It's given to us. And we accept it. The finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And then Romans 5 verse 8. For some of you who may be saying, Well, I'm trying to get better, Brother Patrick. I'm trying. I'll try to come more. I'll try to do this more. I'm trying. Stop trying. Stop trying. Stop trying to clean yourself up. I've used the story. I'll say it again. You know, Brad's the only one I know who who caught a fish with his hands. All right. I'm still impressed by that, by the way. He did. He caught a fish with his bare hands. But um, you can't clean them first, right? You're quick, but you ain't that quick. All right. You can't clean the fish first. Can't do it. All right. What's my point? Romans 5, 8. But God proves His own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were in that sin, Christ died for us. Just accept the finished work on the cross that Jesus did for you. And Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me read that again. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. He's alive, amen? You will be saved. Because one believes with the heart resorting in righteousness and one confesses with the mouth resorting in salvation. 
made that decision today. The altar is open. You can come speak to me. You can speak to me after church. It doesn't matter to me. All right? But the, but that that uh, gift is waiting for you to take it today as Miss Sally leads us in a song.